All right, here we go. Hour three, a great day for talk radio. Rain's held off, at least till now, and uh, we're still promised perhaps as much as 30 millimeters of wet on the way and thunderstorms continuing to linger throughout. Hopefully nothing as apocalyptic as last night where we had a lot of flooding. And so I just wanted to pick up on that as a point uh, with our panel on the Wednesday uh, edition of the Oakley Show. We're joined in the roundtable by Buzz Hargrove, the former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers, now distinguished visiting prof at Ryerson University's Ted Rogers School of Management. Buzz, good to have you back. Hi there. Thank you very much, John. Glad to be here. Catherine Swift is with us, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business and the current spokesperson for Working Canadians. Hello, Catherine. Hi, John. You know, I've got to ask, because this storm, you know, it became the big talking point today, and a lot of people weighing in, including our last panel, where we had uh, two folks, fellow travelers to you, Buzz, on the left, suggesting that uh, this is all a manifestation of global warming, the climate change, and we haven't done enough to address it, and uh, therefore we need to put more money in play uh, for climate uh, projects, whereas Doug Ford has decided to cancel cap and trade and, you know, the green energy projects that were subsidized uh, for retrofitting houses and so on and so forth. Well, do you think that, uh, you know, the government has a role to play to put more taxpayer money into fighting climate change, if that's, of course, what is bringing about these uh, types of storms and forest fires up there in uh, Perry Sound and what have you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I don't think anyone, uh, certainly the scientific community, is almost... Uh, unanimous now that this is a major, major problem facing us. And the question is how long down the road before it becomes something that we can't control or can't do anything about. So now is the time to uh, for governments to act. And canceling programs or retrofit, things that help people and help uh, the environment, is the last thing we should be doing at this point. All right. Or was that just money badly allocated since uh, many uh, many experts also say we'd have very minimal impact on global climate change given our you know minimal contribution to uh, these kinds of greenhouse gases Catherine what's your take well I think it's a, I think it's a tough call and and there isn't unanimity at all among the scientific community there's all manner of points of view which is actually pretty typical for the scientific community on any topic and we've already we, we've got lots of taxation happening now um, we've had floods since the beginning of time uh, and and I don't discount I, I don't discount there's something happening with climate that that's not that's not the point I'm trying to make here but I've yet to see a link between beggaring average people uh, with all manner of taxation and so on and so forth we've seen other countries around the world by the way um, who were earlier adopters of carbon taxes and things than we were here in Canada many of them have a abandoned it because it either trashed their economy so badly and impoverished people, or they they couldn't make a link between spending all that money and actually having an impact on climate. So I think the jury's out personally, and like I said, I don't deny there's something going on here, but is it truly apocalyptic and that we need to do something tomorrow? Uh, do we really need to, to you know, tax the pants off average people to the point that they're struggling to, you know, just have a decent life? Um, and, and, and where's the link? Where's the link to actual impact on the climate. Again, I think there's still an awful lot of balls in the air, and it's pretty tough to make conclusions. So you think uh, it was not irresponsible of Doug Ford then to cancel these green energy projects? Well, cap-and-trade in particular. I mean, cap-and-trade was in Europe earlier than it was in a lot of places. And what they found was large corporations became very adept at gaming the system. Um, The average Joe 
paid a lot of money for it. But what we what we saw was kind of a phony marketplace set up with these, you know, credits and, you know, mm. carbon credits and all that kind of jazz. And again, did it have any impact on the climate, any measurable impact? I don't think so. So it, it, I, I would love to see proper analyses. Our own government in, in, in uh, you know, here in Canada... Um, supposedly has done studies. They're all, you know, people have tried to get them through freedom of information. They, you know, they're all impossible to obtain and so on and so forth about the actual cost, impacts, etc. And as long as our governments are snowing us on what is actually happening uh, with all the monies they're collecting already, and they want, of course, to collect more, um, as long as they're not giving us the, the, the goods, they've done some studies, we're not able to find out the results. I, I think we all have a very good case to be from Missouri on this and 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 ask pr- prove it first please before i should spend a whole pile of money as an average joe uh, on top of the taxes i'm already paying All right so she's basically saying there's no credibility for governments doing the right thing with our money i'm glad to be from missouri today they rejected right to work <laughs> almost unanimous in a vote uh, yesterday so i feel good about that uh, com- uh comparison again i don't think the uh the jury's still out on this i think the evidence is there and we have to act. We don't have to act All right, tomorrow. Well, you say that we, we have, have to, act. to act in the next couple of decades. We Through government? Do- Why is government the right vehicle or mechanism to do that? The private sector could also find ways of you know building the better mousetrap. Well, the, 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 the private sector can be part of it. I don't object to the private sector Why shouldn't sector they be being, the leading edge of it? Being part of it. Well, they haven't shown the initiative. Why, uh, Why are we waiting? For the private sector, when government can take the lead and bring the private sector along. Well, I, I think the government should buy a few more pipelines, and they'll end up costing us mega billions more and take much longer to build. Uh, government, uh, government's track record on anything like this is unfortunately abysmal. And if we look at we look at our own energy sector out west. They've actually been pretty darn innovative in many, many, many ways. We've seen some great innovations. Sure, they can always do more. But I I think we've seen some companies sink significant money into uh, cleaning up uh, you know, emissions, uh, do, doing different things, you know, to, to reduce emissions from producing energy and so on. Same deal and in most, America. I mean, mostly, well, mostly in, the in US, response to the government uh, taking the lead and putting a lot of money in to help well, them but, do but it. But again, the question Which is, is fine. should I'm the not government objecting do that's it? what they should be doing. Should the government do it or should they enable or incent? I mean, ideally incentives yeah, rather, you know, stick, right. or carrots work better than sticks. Well, the U.S., as you say, John, the main thing there was fracking. Right. Fracking they got they they had clean gas or cleaner gas to burn mm. as opposed to dirty coal and and they have reduced their emissions way more than Canada has because they've embraced fracking tons of Canada Quebec New Brunswick doesn't want to touch fracking because it's somehow i don't know uh, beneath them or something but well, no, there's it, major it, questions about how safe uh, uh, fracking is how how it uh, leaks gases out into the oh, I've, community drinking I've, water. I've there's, seen those. There's so I've many seen those flame and uh, taps too, but I think that's a whole bunch of bunk and uh, and not terribly well supported. I'm by glad fact. you're not in charge of it. Okay, okay. let's come back to uh, some other things happening close to home. And by the way, uh, maybe we're reducing our emissions because there's less manufacturing. It's decimated, guys. <laughs> All I can tell you, if I was in that elevator last night mm. with just a foot to go. Right. I'd be having very strong thoughts today about the environment. But you know, a lot of people have said Buzz Hargrove's in over his head to begin with. <laughs> that's, that's true most days. Well, okay. it's not like we've never seen floods before. And yes, that was a horrible situation, no doubt about it. But, you know, the, the notion that these days, every wildfire, every flood, every, every you know, climate event, they've been going on for centuries. 
uh, now it's all attributed to something that, you know, as if it's a brand new thing. Well, they're not brand new things. All right. With Catherine Swift, Buzz Hargrove, let me ask you about Buzz. This is really where the rubber meets the road. You know, we've had this virtue signaling from Christia Freeland, the foreign affairs minister, and she's uh, talking about Saudi affairs. I get where you want to stand up for, uh, you know, activists because we believe in certain principles. But when you think about uh, the response now, you know, typically that was our serve. Here's a return in tennis parlance. Uh, It's going to cost us. Now, there are 2,000 jobs at this plant in London. General Dynamics that make the labs, $15 billion contract. You know the whole drill behind it because it's a uniform plant. And that was, of course, uh, you were the head of the CAW, which is the precursor to that. What do you do in that case? Do you still stand on principle, uh, piss the Saudis off, but it could cost 2,000 paying, high-paying jobs in London, Ontario? Well, let me just say first it was the Harper government that signed that contract. They did, but the Liberals the government government inherited it right. and said because of the legal implications of it, they couldn't cancel uh, the contract. I don't think you could cancel a contract even when they weren't legal implications. You can't just say to 2,000 people overnight you don't have a job tomorrow. You have to find a way to deal with issues of human rights in other countries, with the environment, with others, by by having a plan in place and making sure you're training people for other work that is available, putting new investments uh, in uh, into those communities. And so I understand the dilemma that uh, we have here, but the th- I, I've, I've read all of the articles on what uh, the uh, the minister said, our foreign minister said, and she didn't say anything new. She put out a typical thing about a human rights activist who was was picked up and jailed, asking that the Saudi government immediate release. It didn't demand, didn't say, or we're going to move in the, the heavy armor. And, uh, I mean, that was a silly response by Saudi Arabia, and I, I, I don't understand, quite frankly, why they did it. Well, all right. Uh We've had people in the past, like last hour and yesterday, explaining that this is some kind of signal that the Saudis want to send. Don't trifle with us or don't mess with our domestic policies. Maybe, uh, you know, the other more important nations, the UK, France, whomever, Germany are watching and uh, don't want to insert themselves into whatever the Saudis are doing, as despicable as it might be. But if it's 2,000 jobs in play or at stake, do you think there's a a stand down here? Would it be uh, incumbent upon land to stand down or apologize or do something to make remediation, Catherine? Well, Tr- Trudeau doubled down on it not too long ago. This afternoon, I yep. saw some stuff on, on media about him saying, we will always defend, you know, human rights, blah, blah, blah. I, what, what I think, this isn't a black and white situation, as usually nothing is. Uh, we, why, why are they doing diplomacy, or in this case, lack of diplomacy by tweet. Uh, you know, we, we, we don't like what Trump does. It's stupid, in my view, to send, send stuff out on Twitter. If they've got issues, and this is not new for Canada, we, we've stood up to the Saudi Arabias of this world, and we should, frankly. I certainly have no time for what they do in Saudi Arabia. Um, but why start sending out these tweets? And it was a little bit. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, Buzz. He wasn't demanding, but it was kind of immediate. Re- you know, and it did sound rather directive, release, right. shall we say. Right. Uh, and, and, um, and on Twitter, of all things, uh, as opposed to, don't you think, like a few phone calls among senior diplomats, gee, we got a problem with so-and-so being detained. I mean, this kind of stuff goes on all the time, but usually on a much less public forum. And I think choosing the public forum and kind of putting the stick in the eye in a very public way was probably the problem here, not necessarily even the issue involved. But, you know, you got to wonder, we we import a fair bit of oil still from Saudi Arabia. Right. And those tankers are coming into our East Coast all the time. Uh, we could have inoculated ourselves 
much better as a country. And granted, it can't be done overnight. I realize that. But, you know, the Energy East pipeline, you know, other other means of becoming a lot more um, able to resist the Saudi-type regimes of this world. But the other, the other part that bugs me about this, okay, they're standing up to Saudis, and a lot of Canadians will say, good, put a stick in their eye. Right. But then there's Iran that has, you know, at, at least as bad, if not worse, practices than mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, which our government seems to want to cozy up to right now. So there's a big inconsistency here well, between these too. positions. Yeah, that's the elephant in the room as well, China. and uh, so oh, China, yeah. This whole idea that, uh, you know, it's real politic, I just get back to the 2,000 jobs that are in play or at stake, and I'm wondering if, you know, the Liberals are willing to sacrifice those on the altar of their principles to play to a domestic audience. No, I don't, I don't believe that will happen. I don't think the, uh, the Liberals are, are anything but stupid, and to do that would be stupid. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Some of the current gang buzz, I'm sorry, but they do some pretty dumb things. They really do I some pretty see, dumb things. And Trudeau's been in his hidey hole for the last couple of weeks, whether he's surfing or whatever. Uh, and and all this stuff is flapping around with NAFTA and everything. And I, I'm sorry. I, I, big, I think there's a big dysfunction the big in question, our federal government right now. A the big, big question, dysfunction. The big step will be whether or not they stand up to defend uh, the contract that was signed by the Harper government if the Saudis decide just to ignore uh, the contract yeah, and not good, take it. Good our, question. Our Time review. will tell. Interesting. And by the way, uh, it's kind of ironic because the Saudis insert themselves in our domestic policies. They're been, they've been lobbying against the oil patch out west for the longest time, you know, uh, funneling money into uh, various groups and environmental activists and so on and so forth. Let's come back. Uh, more to discuss with our roundtable, the Wednesday roundtable. Buzz Hargrove, Catherine Swift here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.